Thanks for listening to the Three Strands podcast. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit us at threestrands.church. All of the youth are in the front row, which is like very abnormal. (laughs) So I'm expecting them to do something kind of weird. Maybe a couple amens, Anthony said. I don't really know. But (laughs) I'm telling you, like all summer, it has been like a constant blessing to be with these people. Like seriously, Friday night, I never thought like when you're in college, you're like Friday and Saturday nights, like serving Jesus. Sometimes you're like, why would anybody do that? And then I got to this church and I realized like, dang, I have a better time with these youth than I do like half of my friends at college. (laughs) And whether it was us being like, super weird and talking about the most random things or actually last this past weekend Mason he made this like super weird candy but I swear it was like the best candy I've ever had in my life like it literally looked like raw chicken with like I don't know like a flower on it or something it was fire like that candy was so good I was like Mason you can make me candy any day but From the little things to the big things, like, you all have literally, like, made my summer and, like, genuinely changed my life. So, thank you guys. I love you so much. Um, So, it's so funny to me how, like, we can be planning and preparing and planning and preparing, and then God can be like, psych. Well, that's what happened to me. (laughs) So, I had literally planned a message since Monday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Friday, I have been preparing this message. And the name is basically how to tame the tongue. So I was going to talk all about how you control your tongue, how you literally need to speak life over death, and the importance of encouraging and building up other people. I was going to tell you all about how you needed to think about what you say. Is it kind? Is it necessary? And then begin the process of asking for forgiveness when you know that you're saying things that are not kind or necessary or representing God. Trust me, I had the whole thing ready. Then I left life group on Saturday night with the middle schoolers, and God was like, you're not going to preach that message. And I was like, what? It is like 10 o'clock at night. Loki wanted to get in the hot tub with Abby. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) So then um, as I was basically like driving, God just started downloading this entirely new message to me. And I'm not saying it was like, bam, bam, bam. But God just started surfacing some things I was learning throughout the summer and that God has been teaching me all year. And he was like, this is what you're going to talk about because someone needs to hear this. And so I want you to listen to the rest of this message and listen to this as if you are that person because you are that person. You are the person that needs to hear this message. And trust me, like God would not have flipped the table on me like that if it wasn't something that you needed to hear. So the new um, name of this message is Firm Foundation. So I think that when I was going to talk about taming the tongue, I was initially going to talk about something we need to do as Christians. You need to speak like this. You need to do this, this, and this. And then God has been speaking a lot to me about who I am and not just what I'm doing. And so today's message is going to be based on who we are as Christians. We talk about being Christians all the time, but we don't actually know the fundamentals sometime of what it means to be a Christian, how to build a firm foundation in God. And so sometimes I feel like we come into church and we put wallpaper on a wall but there's no foundation, so the house is going to crumble down. And we say, do this, this, and this, but we forget like the basics of what God calls us to do as Christians. So that's what we're going to talk about today. 
And all throughout the summer, something I've been studying is Second Kings, which is so funny because when I got here, we were going through Kings and Cowards. And I was like, well, this is ironic. But I read through the whole book of Second Kings and just studied it in depth this summer. Something I came to recognize was about 24 kings, unless I miscounted, 24 kings in the book of Second Kings were mentioned. Now, out of those 24 kings, there were 16 that were known as being good or being evil and being bad. Eight of them were said to have been good. So literally eight verses 16. That's insane. Like it's insane that out of all the people that were put into leadership in that time period, 16 of them were evil. 16 of them were not doing what was good in the Lord's sight. And God spoke to me so clearly. And he said, you can be a part of the large massive numbers or you can be a part of the small numbers that are doing great things for me. But it's your choice because each person in this room is a leader. And you guys have learned that throughout the summer. But the question is, do you want to be a good leader? Do you want to be a faithful leader? Or do you want to be a bad leader? Do you want to be someone who does what is sinful in the Lord's sight? And so... My question to you guys to start off is like, what type of leader are you? What type of person are you? Are you someone that God would write in the Bible and be like, oh, they did what was evil on my side. They did what was sinful. Or could you be known for doing things that are good and pleasing and loving in the Lord's sight? So one thing that I learned were there were about three characteristics that all of the good kings had in common. Those three characteristics were obedience, and y'all already know I like to look up definitions, so I'm going to give you the definition so you guys can think about, does this describe me? So the first one is obedience, and the definition is submission to another's authority. Do you all submit to God's authority in your life, or do you only do it on Sundays when you wake up to go to church? Do you submit to his authority when he tells you not to scream at your kids? Do you submit to his authority when you are trying not to get angry and say hateful things to your husband and your wife? Do you submit to his authority when he tells you to go be kind to the person that you have never seen in your life and you feel like you would never talk to? Like, are you submitting to his authority? And maybe in the big things, if he's asked you to do something, have you submitted to that? The second thing is faithfulness. The word faithfulness means loyal, consistent, steadfast. Are you loyal to God? Are you consistent with your relationship? And are you steadfast in who he is? Because this second characteristic that these kings had was that fact that they're going to be faithful. And they're going to be consistent in that. And so the third thing was trust. And that's a firm belief in the um, reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Do you trust God? Like, plain and simple, do you trust God? Are you trusting him every day? Are you trusting him in the hard situations? Or are you just continue? One thing um, that we talked about at Life Group this week, and it was so funny because both the middle school youth and the high school youth and our Life Group with the adults said the same exact thing whenever they were, we were talking about trust and what keeps us from trusting, what keeps us from doing these things. And everyone said what keeps them from that is they can do it on their own. So are you the type of person that says, when I'm in the middle of a struggle, I'm just going to do it on my own. I don't need you, God. Or do you trust God's provision? Do you trust what he's going to take you into? And so I want to ask you guys, does obedience, faithfulness, and trust describe your relationship with God? Does it describe who you are as a Christian? And if it doesn't, you should probably ask yourself, why? What area are you struggling in? 
So I can share like a personal story of how these three things really played out in my life. And that was on New Year's Eve. And the youth, you guys have already heard this little testimony. But New Year's Eve 2018, coming into this year, I stayed with my grandma. She lives in Atlanta. And side note, I can't not talk about her. This woman is incredible. Like, she is one of my favorite people. I love both my grandmas, but this grandma is just a hoot. Like, I'm not kidding. She is hilarious. Like, sometimes I'll just be sitting there like, she's over here just going on and on. I have no idea, but she's just taking me down 50 stories, and I'm just along for the ride, and it's not that I have to endure it. Like, I'm crying laughing half the time because I'm like, what is this woman talking about? But she's just one of those women, and she is hilarious. She's like my best friend, And I can literally talk to her and listen to her all day long. And so this year, however, was the first year um, that she had to celebrate New Year's without my grandfather. And so my grandfather passed away last summer, and they had one of those, like, literally lifetime movies type of relationship. Like, they met whenever my grandfather was in the Air Force, and he was stationed in the Philippines, aka why I have this skin color, (laughs) but... They were stationed in the Philippines. And during that time, my grandpa was like, oh, this woman is fine. And my grandma was like, "Mm -mm, I do not date. I do not want to date. I do not care. And my grandma was one of those women that if you didn't know her, you would probably think she's super stuck up. Like, she just seems that way. And she always says to me, like, I can only be me. I can't be anybody else. The woman's like 75, and she's still out here like, I'm going to be me. I don't care. (laughs) But my grandfather saw her, and he was like, I'm going to marry her. And he knew that from the time he met her, and he pursued her. One time, he literally pushed her in a pool, like, on accident, and she almost drowned because he thought that she could swim. And somehow or another, they ended up married. And throughout the time of, like, them moving back to America, they've just had this sweet marriage, and they have loved each other. The type of couple that are drinking coffee at the table, looking at each other, making fun of each other, and just smiling after they're finished. And I just remember how sweet they were. And so going into this upcoming year, I had like all these invitations to things to do and I was like, God is telling me to go and be with my grandmother. And it wasn't even a hard fight to be obedient in that because I was like, I want to be with her. I want to spend New Year's with her. And we were (laughs) sitting there drinking coffee, waiting for like the the next year to come around and it hit 11.55. And then God said, all right, now go upstairs and pray. And I felt like, yeah, I did that last year, but I'm with my grandma. Like, I'm just going to be chilling. Well, in that moment, I was like, all right, I need to go upstairs. So I went upstairs to the bathroom. Which, why did I go to the bathroom? I could have went to the other bedroom. I don't know. <laughs> but I get in the bathroom floor, and I'm on my knees, and I'm like, Lord, what do you have for me going into the next year? And so I'm on my knees, and I'm praying. My grandma's waiting for me downstairs. And all of a sudden, I'm like, nothing's coming to my brain. I'm trying to listen. Why can't I hear God? Like, hello. And then I heard this very soft thought come across my mind and that thought was Joshua 1 9 and then as soon as that thought came to my mind I was like Joshua 1 9 like I've read that book in the Bible but I don't really know like what that is so then it hits 12 o'clock I'm like praise God for the new year whatever come downstairs my grandma by the way she has these bum knees so she literally can barely walk but she gets her walker and is like jumping in the air I'm like grandma sit down what are you doing she's like new years and I was praising God too because after I had opened my bible up I read Joshua 1 9 and it says this is my command be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go 
Our pastor's been talking about the presence of God and how he is with us wherever we go. And that is something that the Lord spoke to me literally going into this year. And what's crazy is the fact that this week, this past week, I would have been packing up everything that I own, putting it all into my little Nissan Sentra that I call Ava, and I would have been driving next week to Los Angeles, California, because I was accepted to my dream school in L.A. Now, I had literally been trying to go to L.A., moving to California since my sophomore year of college. So this is a two-year waiting period that I have just felt that I've been enduring, and After New Year's Eve, I submitted my application. I got into the school, and it was like a huge process. It's a very competitive school. It's called Biola, so it's the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. And I was like, I'm going to go learn about Jesus. I'm going to get to do all of these incredible things. And as I was in April, I was in a coffee shop, and I was still trying to figure out, like, y'all can ask Emmanuel. It was I was literally wrestling with God on this whole thing. And I was like, okay, well, let me figure this out sitting on the coffee shop, writing all these things. And then my um, advisor calls me and she's like, hey, um, we need to start scheduling your classes. We're going to get you on. We're figuring out the stuff for your dorms. Everything's set and ready. Literally, you just need to register your classes. And she's like, but there's going to be a $100 fee. And I said, okay, no no problem. Like, I'm good with that, whatever. Because they had waived like all my other fees. So after I hang up with her, I log on to my computer, log on to my student portal, and then... I'm like, okay, let me get my little debit card out. Put it, put in the numbers for my card, and it says transaction incomplete. I was like, what? And I'm not, this is not like a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm trying to pay for my coffee, and I get declined, and I'm like, oh, let me transfer some funds, or wait, do I got a five in my car? Like, no. This was like, the money was in my account. I checked my account multiple times. Like, I had the money. I was not broke at this point in my life, <laughs> and I was like, I'm paying for this application. So put it all in again, hit submit. Uh, declined. I'm like, what in the world? Do it again the third time. Declined. I was like, what is going on? Like, I just need to schedule my classes. And then in that same moment, God broke my heart. Not kidding. I felt as if the Lord was telling me, you can go there. You can be blessed. I'll still be with you. But I'm giving you the option to obey me right now and say no. Guys, this was a dream that I literally have been preparing for and praying about and desiring for two years. I was like, what do you mean, Jesus? You're supposed to be my best friend. You're supposed to be the God that wants the best things for me. What are you doing right now? Like, this is California. This is my dream. What is going on? And he said, you're going to trust me? You're going to be obedient? Do you see my faithfulness? (sighs) So... At that moment, I was still struggling with anxiety because of all of that, and it was like a lot of weight on my shoulders. So I sent an email to the same sweet advisor that I just got off the phone with, and I said, Dear Andrea, I am so sorry to tell you that I will not be attending Biola in the fall of 2019, but I appreciate everything that you all have done to me to this point. And then I clicked send. And in the same time that my heart broke, I felt a wave of peace over me. I felt like that weight that I was feeling was lifted. Why? Because I was obedient to what God was asking me to do in that moment. And I just remember, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys, like, 
Oh, I literally felt amazing. You can ask Emmanuel, like the whole month of May, there would be some days he would come to my apartment and I'm just bawling my eyes out like, I want to go. This isn't fair. Like I was just crying. I was a mess. And then I would come here and be like, let's go guys. Let's serve Jesus. But I was mad at God like the whole month of May. And soon God just kept reminding me, like, remember I'm faithful. Remember you trust me. Remember I have plans for you. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Keep being obedient. Keep serving the teams. Keep coming to church. Keep doing what you need to be doing. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And the more that I've been obedient throughout the summer and the more that I've been open and transparent with the youth and just honest, because I have no idea what I'm doing, guys. Like, literally, I just show up and I'm like, Jesus, let's do this thing. We got this. And so many, like, salvations have happened. Like, our youth have been baptized. Like, you all have experienced so many incredible things that, like, I cannot even, that was not me at all, because I had no idea what I was doing all summer. But I just knew that I wanted to love you guys. I wanted to be obedient to God. And I knew that I wanted to be someone that I didn't have when I was your age. And so this summer has been so sweet because literally God has shown me what it's like to have a spiritual family. And to have a spiritual family is something that you think isn't very important. Maybe you're sitting here and you're like, yeah, I've just been coming to church. But like the importance of truly allowing yourself to be adopted and accepted and become a member of a church is something that will change your entire walk with the Lord. So I would say like my entire past two and a half years, like 50% of my life, my walk with Jesus, I've just been like, cool. Like I know how to read my Bible. I know how to pray. I know how to fast. I know how to have this personal relationship. I was telling Stephanie this the other day. I have no idea how to be in community. I have no idea how to be consistent with other people. I have no idea how to let other people care about me and lead me. And God showed me that this summer. So 50% of me thought, oh, I've got all this together. Then the Lord showed me, no, the other half of this is recognizing you need church, you need family, and you need people to get behind you and do this thing. And that has literally changed my entire life. And so whether it was like the little kids coming up and playing with me every Sunday or throughout the week or what the adults and like Miss Sue has been the sweetest woman to me all summer. Sue has literally checked in on me all the time and she's so sweet and literally like I've enjoyed so much just spending time with you and everyone else in this church and it just blows my mind how God gives you family if you will be open to that. And so the next thing I really want to just share with you guys is that sometimes we read the Bible, but we don't really grasp the whole context. So when God gave me Joshua 1.9, I was all hinged on that. But what God really wanted to show me was Joshua 1.8. So we're going to read that. And it says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. So that word meditate means, I looked it up, one to two things. One, think deeply or carefully about something. Two, plan mentally or consider. So God's not telling you just to read your Bible like it's just another book. He's telling you to meditate on it, to think about these things, to literally take care in what you are reading and to focus on it throughout your days. And then whenever we study the Bible, when we meditate the Bible, when we're in the Bible, in the word, it literally will transform you. And he's saying right here in scripture, like only then, that key word, only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. You're not going to succeed by trying to get there on your own. You're not going to succeed in what God has for you, which is the best through literally 
just doing your own thing. Like you have to be in the word. And that is one of the biggest parts of who we are as Christians. And if you're not in the Bible, like think about right now, like when was the last time you actually sat down and read your Bible? Like not a lot of us can say it wasn't even in the past week. So why? Like, I'm not up here trying to make you feel guilty about your walk with the Lord, but I am up here trying to tell you, if you want to succeed, if you want to prosper, if you truly want to be a Christian, you have to read the Bible. You have to know who God is, because the Bible is going to give you instructions. But more than that, for me, the Bible has shown me who God is. It's like his character is literally coming out when I read the Bible, and I'm like, dang, how can anyone hate God? How can anyone not want to be obedient? Like, he is so good. That's all we have to do is read. That is it. Like, and you're going to understand him. And so I just think that, like, without that, we can't get to Joshua 1.9. And Joshua 1.9 is telling us, this is his command. Be strong, be courageous in all that you're doing. But you cannot be strong, you cannot be courageous if you are not in the word of God. If you are not praying and meditating on it daily. You're not going to be strong. You're not going to be courageous. And you're going to be afraid and discouraged consistently. You ever wonder why you have those wave of anxieties? You ever wonder why sometimes you feel like you're stuck in a pit? You ever wonder why you wake up and you feel like a weight is on your chest? Because God is telling you, I can take that. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be discouraged. But in order to obey my commands, you have to first know who I am. And how do you know who he is? Through his word. And God promises, I'm going to be with you regardless. If you don't read the Bible, if you do read the Bible, if you don't pray, guess what? I'm still here because I love you. Sometimes that's such a hard concept for us to grasp, but he is. Like, no matter what you do, no matter how much you run from God, he's still going to be right there. So you can choose to embrace him. You can choose just to be like, all right, peace. Like, I don't really care. Like, I'm just doing my own thing, which is going to lead to discouragement. So... I told you in the beginning of this message, we're going to talk about building a strong foundation. So we're going to look at Luke 6, 46 through 49. I'm going to read this to you. It says, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Just pause. So how many times have us been like, Jesus, Jesus, help me, help me. But we're sitting here obedient, like disobedient. We're not doing what we know we need to be doing, but we're calling out being like, Lord, help me. Jesus, if you could just give me strength, but I also never want to spend time with you. Also, I don't want to read your Bible. Also, I don't want to pray, but Lord, can you please just come through financially? Can you come through in this relationship? Can you come through in these children's lives before I strangle them? But God, I don't want to do anything for you. Just, just come through for me. So that's what he's saying here. And then he says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. So God's saying, I'm going to show you whether it's through you or whether it's through your leaders. I'm going to show you what it's like when people do come and they do listen and they do follow what I say. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. Then when the floodwaters rise and break against the house, it stands firm because it's well built. You're well built and you have a strong foundation and nothing can come against you. You could be struggling. You can be out here really like in your worst place, not living your best life, living your worst life. And you're still going to be strong and firm because you have that foundation. And he says, but anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. 
how many times have you found yourself in this place where you're like, I'm just ruined. Like, I'm just sitting here, and I'm in a heap of ruins, and I hate my life, and I hate everybody in it, and I don't even really care anymore. Like, Maddox is like, hey, no. <laughs> but seriously, like, how many times do we find ourselves in that place? And the thing about it is, is like, God is literally telling us point blank, you can either be obedient, let me love you, and recognize who I am, or you're going to be struggling. And he's going to be with you in the struggle. He's going to love you. He's going to try to teach you. He's going to try to show you. But like you have that choice because God does not want robots who are just always computing and doing what he says 24-7. He's trying to show us like you have a choice. You have free will. Choose the right thing. Because I'm literally telling you if you don't, this is going to be the struggle that you have. And so I just think that like it blows my mind how many times I hear people say, like, I just feel like God is so mean. I feel like he is not good. I feel like he doesn't love me. I feel like he doesn't care about me. I really just don't even feel like he listens to my prayer. And I felt that, too. Like, trust me, all the time. As soon, in May, when I was struggling, like, God, did you not hear my two years of prayers? Like, hello. But during camp, we heard this story. And Johnny is, like, my favorite person to retell this story, but I won't have him do it right now. But there was a story at camp, um, and the guy that was speaking gave us this illustration. And he said, sometimes we don't realize that we are like children to the Lord. And he said, imagine if you have a baby and it's learning to walk. Usually when you see this illustration of a baby trying to walk, it was so funny because we were at camp. I was like, don't babies learn to walk at like two or something? I was like, no, I have nothing. I know nothing about this process. <laughs> but um, I guess it's one. I don't know. Y'all probably know. I don't know. But <laughs> they were like explaining the fact that when your baby's trying to walk, you're going to say, like, come on, you got it, you got it. And the baby falls. How many of you as parents are screaming at your one-year-old saying, you're an idiot? You are so stupid. Why can you just not walk? Do your legs not work? Like, are you dumb? You have literally every option to walk, and you're just laying here on the ground crying. You can't get up. How many times do you do that as parents? Or do you tell your baby, like, oh, you're so cute. You fell. Get back up. We got it. Takes another step, and the baby takes another step, and then eventually the thing is just walking. And then eventually they're running, maybe running into things. I don't really know. <laughs> but the thing is, we look at God and we think that he is yelling at us because we are struggling to take a step of faith. We think that God is looking at us, looking down on us and saying, like, that's pathetic. You're pitiful. You need to get back up. No, like, God is a good father. He's literally telling us, like, let me help you. Let's do this together. If you fall, it's okay. I don't care if you sit for an hour and cry. I don't care if you just sit there forever. Like, I'll help you when you're ready to get, take that next step. But we literally have this terrible image that he is just screaming. And he is angry at us, and he's not. He's a loving father. And so I want you all to take that image of God yelling at you and hating you and get that out of your head. He's not disappointed. He loves you. If you've been sitting and you've been stagnant, he's just waiting for you to get back up. He's waiting for you to take that next step. But it's up to you. And so... I want to end on one last story of this time that I thought it would be a good idea to help Habitat for Humanity lay foundation for a house. I was like, yeah, we got this. We had this whole team of people from this other church I was working with. I was like, yeah, 
I'm ready for this. I had my little clothes on, whatever. So I get there, and they're like, here's your gloves, and here's your shovel. You're going to take all this gravel. I'm not kidding. The gravel was literally, like, way taller than this. They said, take all this gravel and put it all the way over here in this giant foundation, like, bigger than this room, like, this way. I was like, okay, yeah. And I'm expecting, I've got these guys on our team. I'm like, yeah, they're going to do most of the work. Like, they got this. And then they're like, oh, by the way, the foundation that's down here, it's not even leveled. So what you're going to have to do, you see all this mud that's stacked here, and you see how some of it's swooping down? You need to dig the mud out, put it in the holes. And these were big holes, like this deep. I'm sitting here like, that is half my body, and you want me to do what? They're like, and we'll have Chick-fil-A at lunch, so we'll just see you at about 12. It was 7 a.m., y'all. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm looking around. There's like one other girl. She's like, girl, I don't know what we just got ourselves into, but I do not know about this. And I'm sitting here like, well, at least it'll be like a workout. Like, we got this. So we start leveling out all of this foundation, and I am like sweating. Like, I'm sweating more than like these 200-pound dudes that are over here just working. Like, I don't know why my sweat glands are the way they are, but it is just disgusting. And I'm like, at this point, I just got to keep going because like my clothes are soaked. I'm soaked. I'm like disgusted with everything. And then I get, you know how you get in these little zones where you just like work and do your thing. What I don't know what your thing is, but whatever that is. And then you look up and you're like, oh, I just literally forgot I was even a human for a second. I'm like looking up and I'm like, oh, I've been working so hard. These men are standing all the way outside of the foundation, drinking water, just having their best life. I'm over here just dripping. I'm like, what is going on? How long have I been at this? I look at my watch. I've been digging for an hour. I'm like, what? these guys are just not even sweating. They're just chilling. I'm like, um, y'all want to help maybe? Because I mean, I'm sitting here digging this whole foundation. You're doing nothing and I'm mad. But instead the Lord said, tame that tongue. <laughs> but that's not the message today. But he said, don't say nothing. Just keep working. So I'm like, all right. So I'm still working, still working. My muscles are literally throbbing, but I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to quit till it's 12 o'clock because they told us not to quit till it's 12. 12 o'clock hits then I eat. Chick-fil-A was like heaven. It already is like heaven sent anyway. So I was like, this is amazing. Let me get some of that sauce. I was ready. And <laughs> then as I left, God, I was praying and I was like, God, I'm so happy I could build that house for those people in need. But what the heck? What about these people over here that are doing nothing? Like how much did they do? And I'm sitting here just dripping. Like my car, the seats were probably just like damp because I was so sweaty. And then God just said to me, what foundation are you trying to build with me? And I started thinking like, what the heck? And then after I felt that one question come to my mind, I was just thinking about all the times that I've looked at other people in my life and judged my relationship with God with their relationship with God. And I just started thinking about like, my relationship with God, God is going to be hard. It's going to be a struggle. There's going to be sometimes I just want to sit down and I want to quit. There's going to be sometimes where I just know if I could just go this much longer, I'll be good. And then there's some times where you're going to be struggling, depressed, anxiety. Like in May, I was like, huh, my best friend's going to California, and I'm sitting here not going to California. And I can look at her life and be like, God, why are you blessing her? Why does she get to go? She didn't even want to go to California two years ago. She never even thought about it. Or I can say, like, this is my foundation. This is my story. I get to build it, and I'm not going to judge someone else. I'm not going to compare someone else, whether I think they're better than me, whether I think 
they're not as good as me. Like that is not what I need to be doing. What I need to be doing is building my own foundation, no matter how hard I'm struggling, no matter if I'm sitting here digging so hard and then I look over and I see my friend that is doing the most sinful things, but seems to be living her best life, getting all of these great things. And I'm sitting here struggling with the Lord, but still digging this foundation like, God, why do they get that? Like, I'm over here being obedient and faithful, but these people are getting this. Like, why? Why do I even need to be here? And God's just like, listen, you build this firm foundation. You don't worry about everybody else. You focus on your relationship with God. I don't care if it's your spouse. I don't care if it's your siblings. I don't care if it's your boyfriend, your girlfriend. If you focus on your foundation, then you will be strong. You will be courageous. You will succeed in what you do. And when the cares of the world come to hit you, it's not going to be able to tear you down. And the truth is, it's hard. It's hard to say, where am I in my walk with Christ? But the truth is, it's a choice. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read your Bible. But the beauty in God, the beauty in our walk with Jesus is the fact that we do have that choice. So I just want to encourage you all to choose well. Choose to be a good person. Choose to be one of those good leaders that was recorded in 2 Kings. Choose to obey. Choose to trust. Choose to have faith in God. Choose to read your Bible and pray. Because if not, you're going to have a weak foundation. But the beauty is you get the choice. You get a choice to build on rock or on sand. And honestly, all summer, like a little secret, I might have shared with some of you guys, but like I've been praying for our youth this entire summer from the time that I knew I was going to be here until like right now, like I've been praying for our youth to have a firm foundation. Like number one thing, because I was like, even if I'm here for this amount of time, like if they can start to put the bricks down, if they can start to put where the holes are, if they can just start to move the gravel and even it out and start to really build a foundation, then they're going to be solid. It doesn't matter if they know everything. It doesn't matter if they know how to pray that prayer. It doesn't matter if they know how to find a verse. If they can just start praying, start opening their Bible, start trying to understand God, start building a foundation, like I'm happy with that. And so with everyone in this church, like, where's your foundation? So choose to build it, choose to build it with the Lord and have strength in that. So let's pray, guys. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the fact that you are such a good father. God, who you are is not a God that is angry and trying to hurt us and trying to make us feel less than trying to tell us that we're not good enough god but who you are is a god that is encouraging and loving and pursuing us you have a standard god but you help us to reach that you help us on our journey of obedience on our journey of faith and so god i just pray that we can continue to trust you god i pray that we can build a foundation that is with you, God, that is a foundation on the word of God, so that when we hear people say something that is not of you, God, we're going to know. God, and we're going to know how to speak out for you. We're going to know that no matter what everybody else is doing, God, we are here in this place, and we are here in the place with you to set a foundation, to build a foundation, no matter what the world says, no matter what people do, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many times we want to yell at the people on the sidelines for doing nothing, God, we 
get to build a foundation, God. Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice begins to build a strong, firm foundation with you and that you do not allow the struggles of the world, the floodwaters to rise and to sweep them away, God, but they can be firm. God, let them know that it's okay if they've been sitting down too long, but you're just holding out your arms asking them to get back up, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for an incredible summer at this church. Thank you for incredible youth, God. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.